a lot of people have feelings about Bryn and how she's childish and petty and mean girl and all these things. But with Bryn, I feel like it is so much deeper. And I've talked about it on multiple different episodes. I felt like I really related to Bryn in a deeper way and during this conversation with her brother because she made a comment about how it's really hard for her to have relationships because she doesn't know what a healthy relationship looks like. This This is is not just another another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brent, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day. If you've ever wondered what it's like to live in the Midwest, or if you do live in the Midwest, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about here. If you haven't and you've ever wondered, two days ago, this is the first week of September, the first full week of September, two days ago, it was like 98 degrees and 7,000% humidity. It was so sticky. It was so hot. It was so humid. It was disgusting. Two days ago. Today, the high temperature is 58 degrees. Just process that for a minute. As a Midwest girl, 58 degrees in April or May even is a lot different than 58 degrees in September. I am cold as shit. Of course, I still have every window in my house open because that's what we do here. We keep them open. We don't turn the heat on. We don't do any of those things until we absolutely have to. You put more layers on. You cover up in a blanket. You do all the things. So I have some super woolly socks on right now. I have my new Tis the Damn Season football like crew sweatshirt on. I am wrapped in a huge Sherpa blanket. I am I am warm but I am cold. If you've ever wondered what it's like to live in the Midwest, and if you are a Midwestern girly, you get it. You know these changes of seasons are hard. They're hard on the on the physical body, and they are hard on the mental body. That's my little rant for the day. I am actually feeling pretty good, surprisingly. I did not sleep last night. I was I was having an absolute insomnia night. I did not fall asleep until probably around 1.30 this morning. My brain just would not shut off no matter what I do. And here's a little tip. Last night it did not work. Actually, I think it worked like my fourth round of trying. Here's a little tip that I use to fall asleep. If you are a Swifty, if your brain will not shut off from the noise, from all the things, and I can roll over and I can put things on a list in my notes app on my phone and try to just remember them for the morning. But if your brain will not shut off, I lay in bed, I close my eyes, I go through every single word of all too well 10 minute version in my head. And if I screw up a lyric, I start over from the beginning. Now you may think, oh, I'll be way too focused on the song. No, it just quiets your brain because if you are a Swifty, you have that song. Like it's there, it's like breathing to you. But when you're tired and you cannot sleep, it shuts your brain off of everything else. And I usually end up falling asleep like halfway through. 
and it's wonderful. That's my little tip. That's my tip for the Swifties. But I did not fall asleep until around 1.30. My husband woke me up at 5.30. I'm running on four hours of sleep. I just made my third cup of coffee, but we're going to roll because I actually thought that I was not going to be able to be around people today. So I'm trying to get things done and focus before I have meetings, before I have to go places so that I can just quiet everything else and not be a crabby biatch. <laughs> and is needing sleep. So let's dive in because we have a lot to talk about today. I want to start these podcasts from now on with a little bit of uh, hot topics because sometimes there are things happening in the celebrity gossip pop culture world that are not Bravo Housewives related that I think we still have to talk about. This week, we had a couple big things happen. Number one, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are getting divorced. Now, last week on Friday, we had some rumors that were floating around. And then she was allegedly at his concert that night. He was then wearing his ring that night. I think it was a lot of things to try to distract from what was really going on. But then we wake up on Tuesday after a holiday weekend, which I think is a key thing here. And I'll get to that in a minute. After the holiday weekend, we find out that Joe has filed for divorce um, Tuesday morning. Now, what is important about the timing of all of this is they dropped it on notes and rumors and things were dropped on Friday and uh, before a long holiday weekend which a lot of times if there are big media stories, they will do things like that. They will do it either on a weekend or around a holiday. So remember back when all of this juiciness came out about Mauricio and Kyle separating? That was a holiday. That was 4th of July. They were hoping that people were going to forget about it and that it would die down and it wouldn't. people wouldn't be as invested. And then when the real story comes out later, they're like, oh yeah, we're done and over though. That was so three weeks ago when it was really only like two days prior. They drop the little hints, things happen, things go out in the news on Friday. However, whomever dropped the little hints and leaked it. Then he files for divorce on Tuesday morning. Now I'm reading all these reports and quite honestly, I'm so irritated with the media around this story because a lot of people and media and stories are trying to come out making it look like Sophie is this partier and she doesn't care about her kids and he's taking care of her kids. Like I saw a TikTok from page six that was showing that the headline was like Sophie Turner parties after filing for a divorce. It was her cast wrap up party and she was dancing with the people that she was working with. How about we don't put the blame on a mother who has been working her ass off in the UK Everyone's like, oh, well, Joe has been taking care of the kids while he's working and he's the sole provider. Listen, this is not a time and place to start shaming the woman and the mother in this situation, in my opinion, and I'm tired of hearing about it. We don't know what happened. Now, let's remember that there's quite an age difference between these two. She was a kid. She was still young when they met and they got together. He was a grown-ass man. He knows a little bit better than what he should when it comes to life. Let's just put it that way, in my opinion. Then they rush and they have these two kids, and she might not have had time to live. I am that way. I had kids when I was 21 and 23 years old. I did not go through that period of my life. But do I need to be shamed if I am out doing something or when I was traveling a lot for work that my husband was home with the kids? No. 
We'd like to see a happy mom. We'd like to see a mom that is taking care of herself, that is doing things that make her happy. We don't know what the reason for their divorce is, and quite frankly, it doesn't really matter. But I would really love to see the media just stop putting all this blame on her and making it seem like it's this big ordeal because honestly, she has done a really good job of protecting their children and not having paparazzi photos. And as soon as this comes out, there are paparazzi photos of him out with whom I would assume is a nanny immediately trying to put that like his team is doing too much let the joe bro people come for me i don't care his team is doing too much to sway this narrative in the public i see a lot of people saying like well why do you think he was the one to file she must have done something terrible in my opinion and i don't i did not dig far enough into this i don't i mean she's from the uk She's probably not a U.S. citizen. I don't know that for sure. Maybe she's done her citizenship. Maybe she has dual citizenship. I'm not sure. Don't come for me. That's why. they, If they have a marriage license in the United States, he needs to be the one to file. Like, it's just, he's, he's the person here. It's just logistics. I don't think that it's that big of a deal. And I really want to see the media give it a break, give it a rest. Like the Joe bro stands can again come for me. You can think whatever you want. But I think they everyone is being too hard on her making up these narratives. I think his team is pushing this narrative too hard. That's just my opinion. Okay. And that's all I will say about that. <laughs> Speaking of couples in Hollywood, Last week, we also got news that Blink-182 had to postpone their tour because Travis needed to get home for an urgent family matter. And of course, at the time, rumors were swirling everywhere. His dad has been sick. Kourtney Kardashian is obviously pregnant, and I don't mean to say this in a way of how it's going to sound coming out, but she is an older woman that is pregnant, and sometimes things don't go as planned. And that's just... Medical truth is just what it is. Some people can have really healthy later in life pregnancies and other people don't. So of course the rumors and everything starts swirling. Is it something to do with Courtney? Did she lose the baby? A couple days later, we finally get an update. Travis and Courtney are spotted leaving a hospital. And I made a video that said she still looks very much pregnant. That is good. Hopefully everything is okay with her and the baby. The people in my comments went rampant, went wild. I had to actually stop reading them. I was yelled at and called a horrible human being for making the comment that she still looks, quote, very much pregnant and how people, when they leave the hospital, can still look pregnant. Yes, I, I get it. I'm mom too. I've been pregnant twice. I've had two babies. I get it. I left the hospital with a belly as well. But my point was in the photo, she is still clearly like firm. She still has a bump. It's still a very round, firm, pregnant looking belly. That was my thing. It had nothing to do with, you know, being insensitive that maybe she had lost the baby and still looked pregnant, I said. But now Wednesday, we actually got a statement from Courtney, and she did have to undergo a fetal surgery to save the baby. And she was thanking the doctors and the team and Trav and her family. And so I'm so happy to hear that she and the baby are doing well. I believe she she has to be due sometime between like October and November, I would think. I don't we don't know an exact time that she's due but of course you know things happen and hopefully she is at home and resting and getting taken care of and I'm just so happy to hear that the two of them are healthy and and doing well currently 
another argument and kickback that came like, first of all, I'm going to just say this. You can say whatever you want about the Kardashians. Okay. The people in my comments are so full of hate toward this woman when they had no idea what was happening. The people on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is called now, they were awful. The amount of hatred that someone has to have for a person they don't even know, it astounds me to the point where you would make such heinous comments about a pregnant woman that at the time may have been going through something with her baby. We now know that is true. And the comments are like, just so hateful. So hateful. One of them was, there's no reason that Blink-182 should have to cancel or postpone this concert and for such a piece of shit human. Like that was actually a comment that I had to delete. I'm not even going to comment on those things. I think there are heinous things to say about anyone on the internet, in real life, a person, anything at all. But a comment on the concert thing. This Blink-182, this was a revival tour of sorts, like a reunion tour. If I were a paying concert goer, got to a Blink-182 concert, and frankly, if I remember correctly, these tickets were fairly expensive. And if I'm paying that much money to go and the main person that you want to be there to see, the drummer, is replaced by some random person, I would be fucking wild. But you people are also not going to be happy because they had to postpone and change some dates. Now, is it kind of unfortunate that all of this is happening? I mean, the tour, maybe not such good planning terms. Maybe they should have, I don't know, done this earlier or something of that nature. And I know that once the baby is here, travel probably want to be home and not able to tour. Maybe that wasn't planned out very well, but that's not Kourtney Kardashian's problem. That's not the baby's problem. That's not a health problem. That was just unfortunate timing. But I would never want to go to a Blink-182 concert and not see Travis Barker as the drummer. That's just my personal opinion, especially when tickets are so damn expensive. Speaking of concert tickets, here's another thing I just thought of. You know that story about the girl that lives in delusion? Yeah, that was me again trying to think that I was going to fight the battle with Ticketmaster once again this week and get Zach Bryan tickets. I saw Zach Bryan this summer. He was phenomenal. He was very, very good. When we bought those tickets in like October, November of last year, I think we paid like 75 bucks a piece maybe. I do know that they went up a little bit. I think they were starting around 90. But what's so funny is that Zach Bryan is consistently like, my homies don't fuck with Ticketmaster. Nobody does. Well, apparently Zach Bryan fucks with Ticketmaster now because it was awful. Not nearly as bad as the Eras tour, but it was not good. <laughs> I had a pre-sale code. I was in the queue. I, when I actually got in the queue, there were only like 10,000 people ahead of me by the time I got in there everything was gone everything was gone and I was specifically sitting there because I remember from era's tour like sometimes things will pop up so I kind of sat there for a little bit watching and seeing what was coming up as soon as I tried to click on it it was gone but I was also watching the dynamic pricing and just like every fucking other thing the dynamic pricing Things, tickets that were starting at $90 were already up to like $140 by the time I got in, just 10,000 people in. By the time I stopped, there were some that were going for $300 for nosebleeds. The only problem here is Ticketmaster. And again, we'll say it again, we'll say it again. I, yes, I was the girl that lived in delusion thinking I was going to get it, but what the hell? When are we going to do something about Ticketmaster? Okay, that was a little bit of a rant. I'm going to go back to Courtney and Trap for a minute. 
Again, if you can say whatever you want about the Kardashians, don't be a heinous human being spouting off at the mouth in the comments about things that you have no idea what you're talking about and you just want to be hateful. That is horrible, especially considering the fact that it was in fact something to do, even if it wasn't something to do with her and the baby. Like, I don't, I don't know why you would wish ill upon someone in that manner. I really, it's keyboard warrior warriors all the time. But one thing I know to be true about the Kardashians is they are going to turn the narrative. This story about Courtney and Trav started speculating on it, you know, a few days ago. That was like last Thursday or Friday. I don't know, whatever day it was. That started coming out. This weekend at Beyonce, after months of speculating, Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet have major PDA. They do a hard launch of their relationship at the Beyonce concert. That was strategic. These women know how to turn a narrative. If Courtney was not doing well, which obviously there was that was happening in real time, they don't want people speculating on it. They don't want people talking about it. They then were like, who are we going to sacrifice? Who is the sacrifice today? And maybe Chris threw Kylie under the bus or maybe Kylie was like, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team this time. I'll take one for the team. And they hard launched their relationship. So guess what? The headline is no longer about Courtney and Trav. It's no longer with bad feedback about Blink-182. It is no longer about tearing Courtney Kardashian apart because of, you know, stopping the tour. It is now about Kylie and Timothy. These women are geniuses. Say what you want. You might not like them, but I feel like everyone has to appreciate and respect that. They know what they're doing. They're not dumb. I've talked about this on other podcasts. I think actually Nick Thompson and I talked about it, the reality shows and things. And I said, you know, it makes me think of the Kardashians and how what they want is only put out there because they own it. They own their show. They are in control of it. They're not dumb. And I have to give mad respect to them for that because they do a very, very good job of turning narratives, getting us to talk about what we what they want us to talk about and stop focusing on things that they don't want us to. So then, of course, after that kind of dies down again, you know, a little bit and maybe Courtney's a little bit more stable. Now she can put out her own statement and say, here's what happened. And they don't she didn't owe us a statement, but she did. And she acknowledged that this pregnancy is very different than her other three pregnancies. And she gives respect to those women that have struggled getting pregnant or having difficult pregnancies. And she's, it's a new place for her. But we went from headline to headline to headline and and they flowed it. They're genius. They're very good at what they do. And there is, I don't think that we can fault them for that because they know what they're doing. Okay, I think that's the end of my hot topics that I wanted to talk about. Oh, no, I tell well, this one's going to kind of feed into Bravo a little bit before we get into housewife recaps. So this week, and I have not talked about this on social media because I, quite frankly, don't do enough research. I don't listen to either Heather McDonald nor Jeff Lewis. I don't care for either of them. I didn't really want to have to get into conversations about it online, but I'm gonna give you a little breakdown and then I'm gonna tell you my opinion. There was apparently a situation between Justin Marndale and Heather McDonald, and he was a regular co-host of hers on Juicy Scoop podcast. According to Justin, who went on, I believe his own YouTube or podcast, He told a story of how he had asked Heather McDonald to do a video to support the LGBTQ+. I think, I don't know if they were having a fundraiser or an auction, something of that nature. He asked her allegedly to do a quick video and help promote it. And she said, no, 
I don't want to upset my fans. Now, this is coming from him. This is what he had to say about it. And people are shocked. People are shocked that she would say that. She, I guess there were also comments that Justin was told that Heather had called Jeff Lewis and told Jeff not to have Justin run his radio show because he had done it here and there. And Heather's like, that did not happen. Of course, she, you know, while all this is happening, he's on his podcast. She's going to Patreon, like her paid paywall and talking about all this and not really opening to the public at all. And then Jeff goes on his radio show because because Heather says that conversation never happened. I never called Jeff. I never asked Jeff not to have Justin on his podcast. Jeff then goes on his radio show and says that conversation actually did happen. He's like, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I just felt like maybe she thought I, Justin was like double dipping. He didn't think there was any ill intent. But in that moment, he blatantly says Heather lied. Because she says, I didn't make that phone call. So he's just like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Whatever. Now, again, I do not listen to Jeff's radio show. I don't care for him. I don't listen to Juicy Scoop. I don't care for Heather. Allegedly, Jeff goes on his radio show and just pops off. Spills all this tea for years. They've known each other since college for like 30 years. They just did watch What Happens Live together like two, three weeks ago. Spilling all this tea about their relationship and who doesn't like who and all these different things. Again, I haven't listened to it, so I can't give you exact quotes. And now that I saw a TikTok of someone catching Heather McDonald walking out of an event and he's like, what about Jeff Lewis? And she's like, who? I don't know him. So obviously there is beef, okay? There is big beef between Jeff and Heather. They're both really big personalities. They both have really strong um, followings like stan groups and and things of that nature that I didn't really want to get into this on social media. But I'm going to give my opinion, okay? Uh, of course I have to. I know this might come to uh, as a shock to some people, especially if you are a Juicy Scooper or if you are a Heather McDonald fan. Everyone is allowed to have their own beliefs and moral compass, okay? I'm gonna start with that. If you're shocked, Justin would say that Heather would not do a video to support LGBTQ plus community because, quote, her fans would be upset. And you're shocked by that statement, like she would never. I am telling you, this is the woman she is, in my opinion. Back when the Supreme Court overruled Roe versus Wade, she went on her podcast, which was so interesting to me that I tried, I again, didn't want to go to her actual podcast, but I tried to find articles on this because I remember when this happened, it was everywhere. And the internet seems to have been scrubbed clean of articles on this topic, which I'm not, I guess I am kind of surprised by, but also not really surprised by. When this happened, she, you know, essentially came out and said, these are my beliefs. I don't believe in abortion. I don't believe in all of these things. And that's my Catholic. I went to Catholic school and that's my Catholic upbringing and really tried to kind of like spin the story that she said that she was called out for in a way like, I don't care what you do, but these are my beliefs, which is okay, fine. That's great. Look at her friend group. One of her best friends is Kelly Dodd. I did a dramatic pause there on purpose because it's Kelly Dodd. Kelly Kelly Dodd is, <laughs> I don't think I need to explain who Kelly Dodd is. These are people that have very, very strong views on very hot topics. 
And sometimes people like Heather McDonald do a really good job of hiding them, but they're also very good friends with people that don't do any job at all of hiding them and are very vocal about their thoughts and their opinions and their values and their beliefs on these situations. Like, Kelly Dodd. So Heather may have, you know, LGBTQ plus people around her. That doesn't mean that she supports everybody. That doesn't mean that she believes in everything. I just, and I know that's a harsh topic, but in my opinion, this is the woman she has always been. And I think she's starting to maybe unravel a little bit. And like the people close to her are starting to put their walls down and say, I'm like, I'm not going to protect you anymore. I'm not going to do this. You you kind of now are now out on a limb by yourself. One of those people being Jeff Lewis. And I will say this, as much as I don't like Jeff Lewis, he is the one person on the internet that I do not want to piss off because he is going to go for your jugular in any way, shape, or form, whether you are a high profile celebrity or you are a nobody podcaster like myself. He is going to come for you. I don't want to be on his bad side. And I actually worry for Heather McDonald, not that I care, (laughs) but I worry for her a little bit because if this gets any bigger, it could get really bad for her. But if you're shocked by what she may have said and you're all of a sudden realizing maybe she's not the person that you thought she was, I'm here to tell you she's never been that person. (laughs) Like her friend group alone and some of the comments that she says, if you listen really closely... You can hear it and you can see it. And it it might be this funny comedian who wants to take digs at people. But unfortunately, when it comes at the expense of groups of people, it's not okay. It's not okay. And I, I worry that we're going to see more of this coming from her. But that's all I want to say on that topic. Let's talk about Housewives because it was a big week in Housewives. If you've been following me on TikTok for long enough, you know that I like to recap my favorite Bravo television shows or any other reality shows that are happening in the morning while I drink my coffee. And something you may not know about me is that I put a lot of effort into which mugs I use while I spill the tea for you. I feel like it just sets the tone for my day. And one of my favorite places to order mugs from is Babeco. Babeco creates products that empower people to give the finger to societal norms, to be unapologetically themselves, to use their own voice, and maybe even swear a little. Far too often, society tells us who to be, how to look, how to act, what job to have, etc. And they want you to run that over with a car. Be yourself unapologetically and live life on your own terms. Badass, bold, and empowered. At Babeco, can you not only find mugs that will say exactly what you may be thinking to the person sitting across from you that needs to take a breather, but they also have shirts, jewelry, home decor, all of the things to fully express yourself. And if you've ever seen any of my mugs while I'm spilling the tea on TikTok, you may be wondering, where can I get that? So now I have teamed up with Babeco so that we can get you 15% off of anything in their store. You will find some of my favorite mugs under the drink section, but also don't hesitate to look at the home decor and jewelry and clothing line. All of the mugs are 16 ounce mugs. So if you like a big pour of coffee each morning, these are for you. And there's also some glasses. I've even snuck in some of the drinkware that I've gotten from Babeco to my grandmother and she's never even noticed. And yet it makes perfect opportunity for us to all giggle. You can click the link below in the show notes or go to wearebabeco.com and use Oops I Gossiped Again and get 15% off. And don't forget to tag me in your Instagram stories when you're pouring your coffee into your favorite mug and ready to listen to the tea. 
Go to We Are Babe Co. and get 15% off with the code Oops I Gossiped Again. First, let's talk Roni, and then we will get into Salt Lake City. Both were, I think, pretty good this week. I actually forgot that Roni was on this week. The Labor Day, the holiday really threw my whole week off kilter in very many ways. But when it was the night for the Salt Lake City premiere, which was Tuesday, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even watch Roni this week. Let's dive into that first because I have a lot of feelings on this episode that I didn't share online. I really, I think the fact that I watched late, it kind of, most people were done talking about it. A lot of the online conversation was around Jenna Lyons. I saw a lot of accusations of people saying that this is like a mean girls club and, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to just take it for surface value. I didn't really see it that way, but I also don't like how they were all ganging up on Jenna. And I think a lot of that has to do with when we're at like what episode seven or eight, I think by now they're really trying to create something, right? They're trying to, they're getting more comfortable with one another. And now they're like, okay, now we're going to, we're going to turn it on. We're going to stir up the drama. Why Jenna Lyons of all people is at the center of it. I, I don't understand. Maybe it's out of jealousy. Maybe it's, you know, people trying to take her down a notch. I don't know what it is. But everyone just seems to be so concerned with the fact that she wants to fly first class and she wants to go a day early because she doesn't feel comfortable in her skin. I, when I go on a vacation, especially if I'm going with girls, like I could use a day or two. I could use some time to just be myself. I could use some time to decompress after. I don't need to be with the group all the time. I saw a commercial. This is kind of off off topic a little bit, but I saw a commercial for Airbnb last night and it said, if you're traveling with friends, why would you get four different hotel rooms and split up? If you, why wouldn't you get a house where you can all be together? That sounds like my worst nightmare. I need space. I need my own time. I need quiet time. And maybe that's because I'm 38. All these other women are that age as well. But I get it. I see where she's coming from. I don't understand why it was like gang up on Jenna Lyons episode. But it wasn't just the flying. It was the influencer conversation and Jenna giving gifts and this constant, why doesn't she open up? And why doesn't she tell me things? This woman has probably been a very private woman her entire life. The comments will come and they'll say, well, then she shouldn't have gone on reality television. Maybe she feels like she made a mistake. And I I keep saying, I hope that this is not one season and done for Jenna Lyons. I really hope that she sticks around, but you can tell she's a very private person. But all of these women coming for her for nothing, Sai, when in the moment when Sai is like, this is what being an influencer is, and I get paid for this. I don't do gifts without pay. I'm not doing posting for without pay. And that's all that Jenna wants. Maybe, just maybe, hear me out. Jenna Lyons' love language is giving gifts. Maybe that's her love language. Her posting on social media that she's packing up these gifts. Who cares? That's her own self-promotion. What the hell do you care what she's doing on her page? She's not asking you to pay for it. There has never been a statement of maybe you should post about it. She is giving gifts. And Sai is a fashion blogger and influencer. Jenna is a well-known executive. I don't mean to make this sound as bad as it's going to come out, but who do you think is smarter in this situation? Who do you think has a better head on their shoulders in this situation? She is a powerful, stunning 
executive woman, like running businesses, running companies. Sai is out here being a fashion blogger and influencer, and she is going to judge Jenna fucking Lyons? How much did the Villa in Anguilla give you for posting on your social media? Did you get that villa for free? (laughs) Because heaven forbid you post something without getting paid for it. And they keep wanting to talk about how she doesn't open up and she doesn't share anything. Last week's episode, she was very vulnerable with a girl that she was going to hire possibly, that she was casting to relate to her, to extend a hand to her to make this young girl feel more comfortable. And Sai took that and ran back to the group with it and talked about it. This week... Jenna gets real serious about her teeth and her genetic disorder and her skin and what she's not comfortable in. And she's comfortable enough to tell Aaron like, hey, but I also really wanted to fight business class. And as soon as they're in Anguilla, at the villa in Anguilla, she's like, oh, do we know when Jenna is coming? And they're like, no, I don't know. Okay, well, I don't want her to just walk up and hear me talk about this. And she spills the story about flying coach. And then she said, they, she talks about how they, like with her skin and things, and they have now taken what is a very sensitive subject, especially for a woman that is powerful, that is an executive, that has this formidable personality and this formidable image. They have taken that and made it seem like it doesn't matter. And now it's a whole other situation. And then Erin in her interview says, well, she didn't tell me I couldn't tell them. This is to stir the pot. This is why she does not want to open up. This is why she doesn't want to tell people what she thinks or what she feels or what she's going through in life. Because they have, when she has in a one-on-one capacity, they have then used that against her and taken it to a different level. When we kind of think about Jenna's insecurities and her, I had never, and I mean, I knew who Jenna was and I followed her enough, but I didn't know that her disorder was that bad. And I didn't realize that she was going through that much. and, And I didn't realize that she had been through so many surgeries with her teeth and things of that nature. So when she's sharing these things, she is then opening up her vulnerability. She is opening her insecurities. And this is a woman who, as a CEO, as an executive, as this powerhouse woman, has created an image for herself where when she walks into a boardroom, she is powerful. She isn't taking shit from anybody. She is the one commanding attention. And one thing, especially women, that we struggle with is some, is our vulnerability coming out and our insecurity and not being taken seriously. I could imagine that's probably something that Jenna really struggles with. Once she opens up these insecurities, is that going to allow for a man that's in a boardroom to not take her seriously as a businesswoman, to not take her seriously as an executive? There are deeper things happening there, and and all of these women just kind of keep coming for her. That's without consequence. Erin has a lot of skeletons in her closet. The girl has a lot of skeletons in her closet. We have the friendship with Lizzie Savetsky, that whole alleged situation. We have finding out that she had donated, may have allegedly donated to Stop the Steal and voting for Trump. And we also have the girl on TikTok that was allegedly her assistant who was left hung out to dry by she and Abe. Like, Aaron has a lot of skeletons. And she is going to have the balls to come on television and start throwing Jenna Lyons under the bus for things that aren't 
even actually a big deal. It's astounding to me. I was actually also kind of shocked by Bryn's response to it too. And I can't yet figure out what Bryn has that she wants to go against Jennifer. And I don't know if it's just for TV time or if it's something to do with maybe Jenna liking Aaron more and Aaron and Bryn still having this, you know, heated debacle. I'm not sure where Bryn is coming with all of this. I know where Sai is coming with. I know where Aaron is coming with. Jessel's not, Jessel's trying to tread the line lightly, I think. Uba has been missing for the last few episodes being sick. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm still not sure where it comes with Bryn. But I did enjoy watching the scene with Bryn and her brother when they were hiking. I know a lot of people have feelings about Bryn and how she's childish and petty and mean girl and all these things. But with Bryn, I feel like it is so much deeper. And I, I've talked about it on multiple different episodes. I felt like I really related to Bryn in a deeper way and during this conversation with her brother because she made a comment about how it's really hard for her to have relationships because she doesn't know what a healthy relationship looks like and how she self-sabotages and kind of runs away when things get really serious. And this is a woman who I have related to because I have been abandoned by family and by parents and I have strained relationships. I have zero relationship with one parent, but that is something that is a conversation that comes up between my husband and I a lot. There are a lot of things that I don't know how to navigate in our marriage and we've been together for 20 years. So, I mean, obviously we're doing something right, but there are a lot of times when he can look at me and say, you can't do this. Like you, you can't run away. You can't push me away. If I tell you, I love you, you have to be able to accept it. And you have to be able to tell me sometimes that you love me too. And these are all things that I have learned from, well, it's learned behavior of not having, of not having that relationship. I really understood what she meant by that when she's talking about self-sabotaging and pushing away her relationships and not knowing what that healthy relationship looks like. I think I feel like I have a healthy relationship, but I know I do all these things. I know I could be a lot more than what I am. I know that I could, you know, give more hugs and give more love and be more endearing, but I don't know how that is because I didn't have it. Again, this kind of wraps into why I think that Bryn just consistently has a wall up and uses the jokes and the things of and the pettiness to mask those things because she doesn't want to get real. If you watch, even in some of her interviews or even in that conversation with her brother, when she makes those statements, then she starts crying and then makes a silly joke like, oh, is this what we're gonna do now from now on is go on a hike and I'm gonna cry. Like she slips that into a joke. That's what I do. That's what I do every day. I have the darkest, my friends sometimes will look at me and be like, did you serious, did that just come out of your mouth? Because if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm vulnerable, if I'm sharing what I'm actually feeling and I am sharing the shit that I've gone through and what's real for me, I close up really quick and I shift. It becomes a joke. I get it. I can relate to her in more ways than I can, I think, anybody on this cast. And I respect her for it. And I, I really wish that she wouldn't get so much judgment from people watching. And I think it's just, if you don't, get it and you don't, you've never lived it or you've never felt those feelings, I think it's hard for anybody to understand. Really don't know why she's being the way she is to Jenna Lyons. That I'm not approving of, okay? And we're gonna watch that continue to play out. I hope they just hash it out and she gets out whatever she needs to. 
But I really, I really think that I have a deeper understanding of Bryn and I, I get who she is and I get why she does what she does. I think that's all I have on Real Housewives of New York this week. You can feel free to go to my socials if you have thoughts or anything. I shared these personal things on the pod because I feel like it allows us to have more of a connection. But feel free to send me a DM if you have questions. If you agree with what I'm saying, like you can just go to my socials and Go to any video and just say, hey, I agree with you about Brynn, and I'm going to know what you mean. It's a little inside podcast community jokes. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Holy cannoli. Looking back, I can't believe, actually, you know what is wild to me, and this is just kind of dawning on me as I'm saying it. I started the podcast when Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was on last year. I think it was like the end of the season because... I started the podcast, I think, in December. So we were coming to the end. So we're a little bit early, if I'm correct, on Salt Lake City right now. But Salt Lake City premiered this week. And last season, I was so over this franchise. I don't know if it was the constant Jen Shaw stuff, the Heather Gay of it all. I'm not sure what it all was. But I could have done without ever seeing this franchise ever again. I was like, let's just cut it off. Let's be done with it. When I heard they were filming again, I was not into it, but let me, that premiere was fire. It was so good. I think one of the things I was really excited about watching the premiere is that we don't know anything. We don't know anything. Every time there has been, especially I'm going to use Vanderpump Rules as an example, because I don't know why people are so obsessed with getting every single little fucking thing that happens during filming on camera and leak it out everywhere. We did not get any of that with Salt Lake City. Coming into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is going to be coming out soon, we know that the main storyline is going to be Kyle and Mo. Vanderpump, we literally know probably everything that they've filmed. Potomac is also coming. We know that there is a massive brawl that happened at the finale. Vanderpump, we know now that there was a massive thing at the finale. All of these things keep coming out. We did not hear anything about Salt Lake City. At least I didn't. And maybe that's why I was actually looking forward to watching the premiere, but the premiere was so good. And they did such a good job of hiding something from all of us. I think we collectively, as we were watching, all did a jaw drop. The moment that Monica, our new housewife, who goes not even friend of, goes full-time, gets a snowflake, snags that snowflake from Jen Shaw, and in her interview just casually says, oh yeah, I was Jen's assistant. She offered me hundreds of thousand dollars to put all this in my name. I felt uncomfortable. I talked to my friend who works with Secret Service. He told me, get away from Jen Shaw. She's going to prison. And that's how I became a witness in her federal trial. And I was like, uh, uh, what? What? I actually rewound it because I thought that I misheard it. I mean, that is a whopper of a secret to be hiding for so long. I love her so far. I will say I'm a I'm a Lisa Barlow stan. And you can tell in that lunch that she's got she's got some tea from Jen. She really does. She's gonna have a little bit of everything on everyone. I think she's gonna be really messy and how messy of Bravo too to take Jen's assistant, give her Jen's assistant, who's not only just her assistant, but was the witness in her trial, 
give her a snowflake that belongs to Jen. Can you imagine? I wonder if they let Jen gather all of her prison friends and watch. Like, what what was going through her mind in that moment? I can only imagine. But they do all this and give her a full-time snowflake. I think she's going to come in real messy. She's going to really dig everything up here. I think it's great. But I am a Lisa Barlow stan. And you can tell already that she's going to have some tea on Lisa and John, maybe. But also don't forget that they tried to stir that up with Jen and Meredith last season too about like their business and all of those things at this point Monica can come in and spill any tea to stir some shit up I'm here for it but are we really believing anything that would have come out of Jen Shaw's mouth like were we even believing anything that ever came out of Jen Shaw's mouth before she went to prison I get it you're gonna be messy you're gonna spill the tea that Jen told you but Jen was a liar. Jen didn't tell the truth. So we take it with a grain of salt, I think. Angie K has also gotten a full-time snowflake. I'm on the fence about that one. Mary Cosby is back. I had to laugh because they introduced Mary Cosby and she comes into Meredith's store and down on the title thing on the bottom, it says, quote, Meredith's friend. Like we don't know who Mary Cosby is, which is fine. She's Meredith's friend. So Mary Cosby is friend of, she is back. Lisa Barlow goes through this whole reading of all of these text messages that Mary Cosby sent her at one time. She's a horrible human being. She's awful. She kills people with her nasty tequila. I was rolling. I was rolling. I was never a huge, huge fan of Mary Cosby, but I think we all kind of need a little bit of that, you know, those one-liners, that, that little bit of inside joke thing. I mean, she's still a granddad. He's been gone to like Vegas or something for a month. Um, Robert Jr. Maybe, maybe married. But she hasn't asked him. People are telling her that his girlfriend is actually his wife. She hasn't asked him, though. So that all tracks. <laughs> Heather must be making that good book money, even though nobody seems to have read it, because she, while her daughters are growing up and moving out of the house, has now purchased a seven-bedroom house and moving on up in the house world. So that book money must be doing well, right? <laughs> and she says she's going to live authentically for her. Despite the mysterious black eye, despite the fact that she told Mary Cosby that her close relationship with Jen Shaw was nothing more than a projection from others, even though we could have made drinking games out of how many times Heather called Jen her ride or die last season. Monica also says that Jen never had anything good to say about Heather, so there's that. And Meredith has managed to start her first season-long fight with Whitney over a bathtub. The minute that Meredith told Heather she shouldn't, don't come for my bathtub, I was like, I guarantee you that Meredith Marks has already trademarked that and is going to put it on merch. Even Whitney is like, is this going to be something that we are going to dredge up every, for like the next eight weeks? Like, what is the deal? And Meredith's like, my bathtub is clean. It was a dig at my marriage and it was a dig at my bathtub. Okay. We know that this is not the last that we are going to hear of the bathtub. <laughs> I thought that the premiere episode was really good. I hope that it continues. I hope that the bathtub I, I, we know that it's going to continue the entire season, but I hope that it doesn't become as annoying and awful as the black eye situation. And I also hope that maybe this Jen Shaw thing, like she was brought up by all the women the entire episode. I hope that that will be done. Like I don't want them to continue to use Jen Shaw in a way to promote this show. I hope that they can all just kind of move on from it now. Like we've laid the groundwork. Okay. 
Everyone's talked about it. We're there. Let's move on and get into things. And I just hope that it continues to be as entertaining as the season premiere was because it seems like it could be a good way to break the the toxicity a little bit. And we know that they're going to get in fights. We know that they're going to get nasty. Salt Lake City always gets nasty, but not too nasty because, you know, the trailer and the opening credits was all with Bible verses. So we know we have to respect the, the church. So I take back everything I said about canceling this franchise. Let's keep it rolling. Let's make it a good season. And I hope that it gives us a little bit of good times rolling vibes, right? That's everything I had on my list to talk with you about in this episode. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, please feel free to leave me a rate and review. It is always much, much, much appreciated. You can leave me questions, comments, anything you would like on Spotify as well. Or like I said, you can come into my social medias and just give me a little pod update and tell me what you thought. I hope that you have a great weekend and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. 